Hey guys, if you would like to get to know each one of us better, go check out Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com. Or the app. Get the app. That's better. Okay. Listed in the show notes on the support link. Sights on home. I can get distracted. Cause the fact is, this ain't where I belong. I've got more on my mind. And welcome to Pod Me. This is your humble Potterator. Humble Potterator, as we say sometimes. Devin Birdsong. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. It is March 1st, folks. Thanks for stopping by. And we have, uh, who has already been known on this podcast as my best friend. We've mentioned mentioned him a few times. We've got Pastor David Brim today. Uh, hang on just a second. Let me look up something right quick, Brother David. Let me find this because I'm real professional here. Let me see if I can do this all at the same time. Brother David Brim. All right, everybody. Wow. That was good. How does that feel? <laughs> that that's one of the best intros ever. <laughs> yeah, all three of them are clapping. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Hey, yeah. thanks for coming on today, man. I am honored. I am honored. I've I'm really honored. This is a privilege. Pod me. I've been big fan. Well, actually, uh, before this all started, you gave me some very valuable advice. Which, being the ministry of low expectations, I have not at all followed. You said, you said, if I was going to advise you to do anything, I would say, keep it somewhere in the 20 minute mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did say that. We're now going like 43, 47 minutes on a weekly basis. Yeah. I guess that's uh, 20 minutes for me and then like 23 or four minutes for Dustin and Brad, who are not here today, thankfully. Well, we should be able to condense this and really make it, you know. It's going to be good. Oh, yeah. I, no doubt about that. Yeah. But, yeah, I think you guys are doing a great job. I enjoy well, listening to it. Well, thank you. We uh, we enjoy putting it out. And I enjoy doing these monthly interview series. And I've had people tell me these are by far the best. So it's not going to be any different today, I don't think. I, I hope not. We'll see what the <laughs> response is. <laughs> yes. Oh, so you are a pastor, and yes, sir. Um, I met you first, probably back in the late 1900s at Central Oklahoma Youth Camp. I was just a young lad. Do you remember that? Uh, it's been a long time, but I do remember that. You preached the day <laughs> services at Central Oklahoma Youth Camp, and uh, yes, sir. I was I was first drawn to your. Let's put this in order. <laughs> so I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was drawn to your y'all singing first and then your sense of humor and then what no I'm just joking it was your preaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I most people's drawn to sister Ruth's singing first. Okay. 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 That's what that's what usually what people's drawn to. I just come with the package. <laughs> I understand. Take us back to um your call and your start in the ministry. Okay. Of course I was raised in a, a Deacon's home, 
not in a pastor's home. Okay. But uh, my parents were very faithful and godly people, very involved in the church. Yes, sir. But uh, I went to Bible college. Okay. I went to Ozark Bible Institute for two years. And in my second year of Bible college, I was called to preach. And so up to that point, had really kind of struggled with the calling, mm-hmm. but had not accepted till the second year of Bible school. The Lord's been faithful. Yes, sir. All along. So did you feel that calling prior to going to Bible school? No, I, I did not. Okay. I did not. It's kind of been a one of the culture things at Bethel Chapel, our church here, mm-hmm. that uh, a lot of our kids go to Bible school okay. for a year at, at least, you know? Yeah. So I had committed to that and then uh, decided to go back in the second year I'd been through that summer, I thought had been dealing with me, but then okay. the second year is when I accepted the call to preach. That's a great testimony. Is that going to scare people away from going to Bible school if they don't feel the call prior? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. Might want to be careful. But you know, at our church, we've had a number of people go to Bible college, Bible school, all, all different ones. So it was just kind of a thing that I did pursuing just to give my one year of my life to the Lord, seek the mm-hmm. Lord. God began to deal with me through that first year, but I didn't accept to the second year. And then out of Bible school, what next? Okay. After two years of Ozark Bible Institute, I went to one year free gospel Bible Institute. Okay. Because I I had to go get a get Sister Ruth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So I <laughs> Good plan. So Yes, it was. So I chased her up there. She a long way to chase her to get her, you know. But Yes, sir. After my third year which was at Free Gospel Bible Institute, uh, we got married and started our ministry in Dayton, Ohio. Okay. It's kind of funny. We was going to be a youth pastor there in Dayton, Ohio. And we started, we got married June the 14th on a Friday night, uh, went away for a week. Ten days later, we took a youth group that we had never met to Southern Ohio Youth Camp. Oh, my goodness. As their counselor and took them to youth camp. Never met them, didn't know them. They didn't know us. It was exciting. <laughs> I would say so. Well, you guys have been very gifted with the youth, and uh, I'm sure some of our audience will know that you guys are the directors of Sunset Hills Youth Camp, and y'all have been very passionate about youth ministry for years. You know, it seemed like that's the direction the Lord led us early on in our ministry, number of youth camps in the early years of E-Town, Elizabethtown, and yes, sir. Uh, Shady Springs, and different ones directing and preaching. Sure. That's where the Lord seems to have directed our ministry over the years. That's awesome. One of the uh, aspects of the ministry that we have not covered here on Pod Me as of yet, we've called this a church bus, what we do on a regular basis, but I'm not sure that um I'm not sure that that's a worthy comparison. Yeah. But you guys really have been in in church bus ministry for many years. And so I wanted to talk about that today. Okay. So take us back to how you got involved in that first. Okay. Growing up here in the church in Bethel Chapel, which which some may not know, I pastor the church I grew up in. Yes, sir. Okay. Which is very unique, by the way. Yeah, it is. It is. So when we were young, Brother Gallagher, Clifton Gallagher, was my pastor. He started bus ministry here at Bethel Chapel. Okay. He had bus ministry previously, like at Fairfield, Illinois, where he had pastored there. So we got involved young, very young. Just started riding the bus to start with, then working on the bus, working the door, being what we call a door boy, Mm -hmm. doing some visitation. It's um, 
just part of, once again, part of the culture of our church to do bus ministry. Right. We, so we encourage all of our young people to get involved in it early. And uh, so that's how I came about being involved in bus ministry. Sister Ruth, the same thing. So Brother, Brother Gallagher is your father-in-law. Right. Clifton Gallagher, yes. Not Dwayne Gallagher. Dwayne Gallagher would not like to hear that he was my father-in-law. Oh. <laughs> it was Clifton Gallagher. <laughs> right. Yes, Brother Clifton Gallagher. Yeah, let me clarify. <laughs> I was meaning Brother Clifton. <laughs> yeah, Dwayne would say, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the whole Bible school deal, was this something that you guys, uh, you and your wife were in the youth group, and you knew you were going separate directions, and you knew you had to pursue her? Back to the whole uh, Free Gospel Bible Institute yeah. subject? Yeah, back to that. Uh, we grew up together, very close friends, very best friends as far as that goes growing up. I went away. I was a year ahead of her, so I went away to Bible college first. Okay. And then she went to export while I was at OBI. It's a joke here, but true. I always told her, I said, you know, if I ever get called to preach, you know, I'm going to come and, and I'm going to ask you to marry me. You know, just kind of. So when we got when I got called to preach, I gave her a call. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about exactly where your church is located. It's it's connected to the city of St. Louis, essentially, correct? Essentially. We're across the river from St. Louis into Illinois. Right. Within 15 minutes of downtown St. Louis. Okay. So we're pretty close to St. Okay. Louis, yes. So bus ministry would be a very uh, vital thing to a, a church outreach there in the city. Yes, it is. We're in a neighborhood that is very, very good for bus ministry. Let's just say it that way. So a lot of opportunities. Okay. Uh, we Right now, we, we go into cities around us, you know, as well, not just in our own Granite City, but Madison, Venice, Pontoon Beach, different places we go to pick up kids. At your other churches where you pastored, you guys also did church bus ministry, correct? Yes. When we was in Dayton, Ohio, we started a bus ministry there. That was in a process of time we started that one. Uh, Sister Ruth really felt to do that. And that's, of course, um, where the song she wrote, What Took You So Long? Yes, sir. That kind of was inspired by bus ministry. Okay. She was feeling led to start this bus ministry at, at our church there. It took time to get things put together to do it. Finally got a church van that we could use to do it. And so they, her and another sister went out knocking on doors the first Saturday. Had a family that, that said they'd come. A couple of little girls. And uh, the cutest little girls, man. They're just really cute. And so there's only just two blocks from our church. Two blocks, brother. So when they pulled down the street to pick the girls up, the girls were standing out on the curb, jumping up and down and waving for them to to stop the van, you know. So when they pulled up, Sister Ruth opened a door and this little girl with her ponytails put her hands on her hips and very, you know, prissy-like, I guess is the word, said, what took you so long? Wow. You know, when she said that, it just convicted Ruth sure. that what had taken us so long, they were two blocks from our church, what took us so long to reach them, you know? So those two young girls came, rode the bus for, I think, till the time we left the church there. So, so that's how that song came about. Looking up and down Along 
What a powerful song. That's awesome. Your wife is an awesome singer. Very gifted songwriter. I I agree. Lord's used her greatly. So if anyone was looking to get into bus ministry, what what would be your advice? Yes, do it. (laughs) I feel like that it's such a benefit to our church. I always say it like this. It's Bethel Chapel does bus ministry. That's what we do. And I think it's a tremendous ministry for our church. I believe it's worth every penny we spend in bus ministry. And in our church, we spend, it's it's quite a sum of money that we put into bus ministry every year. But um, we've had great results from it. Right. And I feel like you have a footprint of your church. For most people, sometimes, if we're not careful, our footprint just becomes our property boundaries. Right. But with bus ministry, when I'm driving into church on Sunday or leaving church on Sunday, I'm passing our church buses going up and down through the streets of town, you know, and it's just every time I see it, it's just spreading or making our footprint that much larger in our town. We've been doing it for over 40 years. So we have generations now that have come, rode the church bus. You have kids now riding because their grandma rode the church bus, Mm -hmm. the green and white church buses. We have kids in our Christian school right now that uh, their grandma called, said, I rode the church bus when I was a kid. I heard you have a Christian school. I'd like for my grandkids to be in your school. Praise the Lord. Uh, parents say, I rode your church bus, and I want my kids to be in your school. And so it's brought, brought them in that way. You just don't realize just having that church bus out there, the effect it has. Just a quick story here, and I could told you I can talk all day on it, so you just tell me when it's enough. But there's a lady that was coming to church. She was going to her church, and uh, every Sunday she'd stop at – she would – come and cross paths with our church bus. On the back of her church bus, it's painted, follow us to Bethel Chapel. Mm -hmm. So she'd see that. And she told her kids, one of these days, we're going to follow that bus to Bethel Chapel. So one Sunday, she did. She came for years. She's moved away. But when she comes back to town, she still comes to visit us. Wow. But uh, that's how she came to Bethel Chapel, because the church bus. Nobody invited her. Nobody knocked on her door. It was just the church bus. All because the message on the back. Yeah, it's effective. It, it brings people in. 
I could tell you, brother, there's very few Sundays that I preach where I don't feel that there's somebody in the audience that needs salvation or needs really needs help. Yes, sir. But that's because of bus ministry. So what's your what is the week to week operations of that? Walk us through that. Well, at this point, what we do, uh, because the bus ministry is pretty well established, you know, Sure. We have four buses, by the way. So we run four buses. We have four bus captains. Okay. All those bus have their own area designated for them. So they run their routes in those areas. Okay. Okay. And they go out on Saturdays and visit all their current riders that they have. We -hmm. try to get them to knock on at least five new doors or make five new contacts every week. In bus ministry, they're moving. You're losing them frequently. Right. So you have to keep making new contacts every week. So we encourage them to try to make five new contacts every week. So they do that on a Saturday. We'll do promotionals a lot, do a lot of promotional type things, uh, giveaways, special Sundays, you know, ice cream Sunday, kite Sunday, flag Sunday, just whatever you can come up with to invite them. Uh, Sunday morning, they leave the church pretty early to get all the kids there. Each bus has a, of course, the driver, the bus captain, a door boy, and at least two people that sit in the bus and ride the bus. Okay. Usually there's somebody keeping record of the kids, uh, somebody giving a snack out, you know, which is just basically cookies or something like that. Right. Um, on the bus. Okay. So that's what the bus consists of. Uh, once they get to church, we have a small children's church and like an intermediate children's church. And then we have teen church as well for the bus kids. So they go to those services. They're not really in the sanctuary service. Every once in a while they are. Okay. But they go to their own services. So, and that works great for us. And then it's the drive home. My bus captains, I've, I've taught them or told them that you're, that's your church, pastor that church. So if they're, if your people's in need, you go when you, whenever they're in need. So that's what they do. Wow. That's awesome. And I've got great bus captains. It also gives them great ministry training. It does. Yeah. I've got one of our bus captains. He's a third generation bus captain. Wow. So his grandma was a bus captain. His mom was a bus captain. Now he's a bus captain. That's awesome. And so it's generational. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Yes, that is. So I know over the years, as with any ministry, there is victories and failures as well, but we're just required to sow the seed. That's all we're asked to do. But and thankfully, as many years as you guys have been in bus ministry there at Bethel Chapel, you surely have saw some of the fruit of your labor. So share with us some some victories. Well, I think there's been a number of them, but probably one that that's most recent would be Mackenzie Hawthorne, Mary, Mary Dawson Brooks. And uh, she's one of our bus girls, started when I think she was nine years old, started coming. Mm-hmm. She rode the church bus, but then she wanted to start coming on Sunday night, Wednesday night. So we'd go down and pick her up mm-hmm. and bring her to church. And Praise she just God. was such a blessing to have. You know, went to Bible school, graduated Bible school, and of course married a preacher mm-hmm. and serving the Lord. We're very proud of her. I know you that's are. That's one of the great successes. That's great. Yeah. We've got uh, people sitting in our church today that are from bus ministry. That's awesome. Adults that are from bus ministry. Growing up, one of my best friends rode the bus. Unfortunately, he passed, passed away this year. Oh, wow. But 57 
years old, but uh, came in on a bus and served the Lord all of his life. Praise God. So, yeah. What about humorous stories? (laughs) Every Sunday, brother. (laughs) Every Sunday. (laughs) It is. It's, it's, uh, sometimes it's, uh, amazing, uh, some of the stories that we have, but we've got just Sunday had, um, We've got a, a, I hate to say it like this, but a gentleman that's, he's a little older, but mm-hmm. he's double jointed in his shoulders. Okay. And so he exercises that ability all through the service, you know, yes. standing up in church and, and up front. Of course, they never go to the back of the church. They always got to stand in the very front sure. and uh, show off their unique ability to bring their <laughs> arms all the way back over their head to their back and back over their head again. Right. And it's, it's like, you know, while you're preaching, yes. while you're whatever, he's exercising his, uh, his talents that he, that the Lord's blessed him with. <laughs> yes. And uh, it's, it's always, always something funny that is going on like that. People, you, cause you just never know who's coming in personalities and when you're dealing with kids, oh my, you know, sure. you get all of them. Sure. Yeah. We have a, we have a little boy named Demario mm-hmm. that's coming right now. And I thought Demario, he must, he's got to have some preacher blood in him somewhere. Boy, this boy, is, yeah. he is a preacher, he is preacher-fied. And so he he comes on Sunday night now as well. And um, he, uh, I asked for prayer requests last night. I didn't think I was going to get it back. I really didn't. <laughs> he just kept going, kept going, he kept yeah. going. And uh, it's like, hey, hold on, hold on. But he was praying for everybody, everybody, his bus captains and everybody else in the church. So that is awesome. He's a, it's, there's some, we have, honestly, there's some of the sweetest kids that you could ever, sure, ever imagine sure. that's been a part of Beth Chapel bus ministry. And it's. I feel it's been very success, successful for us. Absolutely. Did that start with your father-in-law's vision there, or yes, it, was it already in place when he? No, was... it started with his vision to have that bus ministry there. Okay. And uh, early on in his ministry there, he started the bus ministry. That's great. Yeah, that's great. And you guys are getting to carry on your father-in-law's vision. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, you know, he kind of planted it in us when we were kids. Sure. And we just feel like it's something that we love to do. Right. You know, it's been COVID really was a difficult. I'm I'm sure for bus ministry. We were shut down for on bus ministry for about a, a year, all a little over a year, and so coming back has been a little bit slow building it back. Right. But we're about 50% of what we were before COVID, but I'm confident it'll it'll be building back up. Sure. Sure. So we had we had 47 this Sunday on our buses, which that's it's not really good for us, but it's, you know, we feel like that the Lord's going to re- rebound, help sure. us to get a rebound there and build it back up. Do you have a message that you would give to somebody who's looking towards starting something like that? I would encourage people to look into it. I can't say that bus ministry is for every church. Sure. I can't. I don't know that I could say that, but I think it is something that is a good option to look into, to pursue. And there's, you know, there's risk with everything that we do. Sure. I mean, if you're looking for a ministry that has no risk or no, I guess that word liabilities, if you're looking for that ministry, I don't know where that's at, you know, <laughs> yeah. but we have those 
everywhere, but I just feel like that it's something that ought to be pursued. And if you if it would work for your church, I think you'll find it to be a blessing. I know it inspires my ministry and um, is a big help to our church That's over great. the years. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm so glad that you came on to talk to us about it because it's an aspect, you know, that I wanted to hear about. Um obviously I've we're in a rather rural area here, but there are souls right. all around every one of us that we can affect. And right. I uh, I love to hear how God's using people in different aspects. Right. Right. And, it, you know, it's just a way to minister to other people. You know, sometimes if we're not too uh, careful, we become very self-centered as a church. Sure. Bus ministry helps you get outside of your walls, minister to people that are not contributing to mm-hmm. you at all. And it's just, you know, uh, clothing, clothing. The, na- the Lord told us, you know. Sure. I was naked. You didn't clothe me. I was hungry. You didn't feed me so forth. Right. I feel like that this is a ministry for our church to be able to minister to those that cannot or don't have the ability right now to contribute to our church, but we can still minister to them. I also think it's really neat, Brother David, that people that may not take part as far as in singing ministry or, you know, be up front in the services. Yes. Sometimes those are the very people that are comfortable in inviting especially a child or whatever, to come to the house of the Lord. Yeah, exactly. And getting those kind of people involved is is key. Yes. There's people that, because of their past, maybe because of before they got saved, they have some baggage. Maybe they're not qualified mm-hmm. to serve in some capacities in the church. But I don't read anywhere where it disqualifies anybody from being a witness and to witness to somebody and knock on a door and tell them about Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. And so it gives people that feel like, well, I'm not, I messed up. I don't feel like I'm qualified for that. Well, you can still go knock on doors and find a place in this ministry to serve the Lord and, and feel effective, you know, for the Lord. Wow. That's a great point. Yeah. Great point. Well, let me ask you this in closing. Tell us, Brother Brim, something people may not know about David Brim. Well, they may not know that I'm a grandpa for the eighth time this year. So. <laughs> every okay. every grandpa wants to talk about their grandkids. Well, that works. Yes, he does. Yes, they do. That works. So it's hard to believe that I'm a grandpa for eight times. Yeah, you don't sound like one. Actually, you sound... I don't, and I don't look... You're supposed to say I don't look like one, too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, please, I don't want to look like a grandpa. No. This is why we're no. best friends, is because we build each other up. That's right. That's right. That's right. And I, I just want to, that's my ministry is to bless Brother Devin Birdsong. There you go. <laughs> if you want to understand the best friend reference sometime back after the fire conference last year, I included it on the show on our regular weekly program. But Brother David Brim has been a great friend to me, and I thank you for coming on today. Hey, brother. It's our honor and privilege. Thank you. Yes, sir. God bless, and we'll hope to talk to you again. We'll do it. Okay? We'll see. We're blessed.